0: Our topic tonight is, is heaven real? If I ruled the world, I would make it a world of perfect happiness and peace. Let me ask you, what kind of world do you think God would have made if he ruled the world? Well, I'm pretty sure we know the answer to that question, don't we? Let's look at the first book of the Bible in Genesis to find out how he created a world perfect. There was no sin, suffering, sadness disease, discouragement, or death. And then we go to the very end of the Bible. There we find a perfect world again. Everything is perfect as it was in the beginning. So what happened in between Genesis and Revelation? Tonight I'll try to explain it to you. Today as you look around, we see war, starvation, (laughs) violence, suffering, and death. Does that look like the perfect world God made? No friends, we're living in the time between a perfect earth created and a perfect earth restored. Life isn't easy down here. Through sin, Satan has made this world his personal playground, but not forever and not for long. Everyone here tonight knows what it's like to feel pain or what it's like to lose someone you love in death, what it's like to struggle with fear, worry, illness, and sadness. Let me ask you a question. Do you think I'm preaching the truth? I'm here tonight to hold out to you this amazing book, the Bible. All the truth is in the Bible. And to tell you that it says we're almost through this old, cold world, and that very soon we're going home. We're going home for a thousand years to be with God in heaven. And then we're going to come back home to live forever on earth again. But before we do, God will restore it to be as perfect as he created it. God made this earth and we might call it Earth One. It was perfect in every way, but sin came in and marred it and ruined so much of what God had created. The time is coming when God will recreate this earth and make it perfect again. So tonight we'll enjoy what the Bible says about the earth made new. We'll look at the incredible wonders of Earth Two. Back when God created the world, everything he made was good. Just think of living in Eden. The air was pure and fresh to breathe. There were fields of waving grain and magnificent fields all covered with flowers. The lush landscapes of Eden make anything on earth just pale by comparison. There was no death and no leaves ever fell and decomposed. The flowers retained their colors of yellows, reds, and purple. They never faded. The fruit was fresh from the Creator. There was no need for herbicides, fungicides, or other sprays. There were crisp apples, juicy pineapples, and delicious mangoes. Waterways with fish of every size, shape, and color. Just imagine what it would have been like diving in the Garden of Eden. Animals are not afraid of each other. God placed Adam and Eve in that garden. His design was that they lived there forever. God gave Adam and Eve healthy bodies. The atmosphere in the Garden of Eden was love. There was no barrier between Adam and Eve, no barrier between them and their Creator. There also was no distrust, hatred, jealousy, resentment, or politics. But sin interrupted God's plan. Adam and Eve rebelled against God. They placed their desires and opinions above the authority of the sovereign God. God had to tell them to leave the garden and set guards of angels with swords at the tree of life, lest they eat and become eternal sinners. God promised Adam and Eve that Eden would be restored one day. The prophets looked forward to the time of restoration. Acts 3.21-20 says that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. The Bible says in 2 Peter 3.13, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. We have a problem in secular society. Our minds become confused. Cars, houses... And clothes become our gods. Even television personalities become our idols. Our minds are only focused on what we see. One day, a new world with no suffering, heartache, sorrow, or death. Now that's reality. Everything else is just a sham. It's just pretense and make-believe and passes away. One day, you and I will look up into the heavens. Revelation 1-7 describes that day. Behold he is coming with clouds and every eye will see him that is reality one day Christ will come are you ready friends Jesus said in Matthew 16:27 for the son of man will come in the glory of his father with his angels and then he will reward each according to his works our sky is polluted now but this earth one day will reflect the glory of god 1st Thessalonians 4:16 says For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Have you lost a husband or wife by death? If you've suffered a loss, I have great news for you. God's going to restore all things. Christians never say goodbye for the last time. One day the earth will shake and thunder will roll. Our loved ones will be raised and stand beside us looking up at the sky illuminated by the glory of God. That is reality. Christ comes to restore all things. You were not made for sickness, sorrow, heartache, and disappointment. You were made for joy, happiness, gladness, and to live and not die. One day the Bible says when Jesus comes, our bodies will be changed. The Bible describes it this way in 1 Corinthians 15:52 and 53. And we shall be changed, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. I have even more good news. When Jesus Christ comes, we get new bodies. What will this immortal body look like? Is it a make-believe body, like vapor? Philippians 3 20, 21 tells us for our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior the Lord Jesus Christ who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body right now we have sinful mortal bodies then we will be resurrected and transformed it will be as if sin had never entered you will main your identity and you will be you. Will your friends recognize you? Of course they will. The Bible says our body is like Christ's body. After the resurrection, Mary came to the garden. She thought it was a gardener, but Jesus called her by name. Mary recognized him by his voice. The disciples recognized him when he broke the bread on the road to Emos. Then he hid himself on the road, and when they broke bread, they recognized him. We'll recognize each other in heaven. We will have bodies like Jesus, and we will have bodies like Adam and Eve. What about the unsaved? The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 1.9, These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. They sold their birthright. They sold eternity for pleasure and rebellion. When Christ comes, the righteous dead are resurrected. They join the righteous living, and all the righteous will meet the Lord in the air. The righteous will spend 1,000 years with God, getting every question answered. If any relatives or friends are not there, they will find out why. Meanwhile, all the wicked are still dead. Satan's evil angels are bound on earth for 1,000 years, with nobody to tempt or anticipate the ultimate fate. At the end of the thousand years, the holy city descends from God out of heaven. John has one of the most magnificent passages in all the Bible. He describes what would happen at the end of the thousand years. Revelation 21.1 says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. To John, the sea meant loneliness and separation. John continues in verse 2. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. John continues, And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. God recovers earth with his lost sheep of the universe. God transfers the holy city to this redeemed planet. The universe revolves around God's throne, but God moves his throne to this planet and makes the planet new all over again. Heaven is a real place. As the holy city descends, it captures attention of the wicked. Resurrected by God, they receive a final reward. The wicked surround the beloved city. Revelation 29 says, they went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Out of the ashes of the old world, God makes a new world. The Bible says in Revelation 21, 4, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. It is all over. No more sin, sorrow, tears, machine guns, bombs, ghettos, loneliness, or disappointment. Revelation 14.4 says, These are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever He goes. These were redeemed from among men being firstfruits to God and to the Lamb. What will we do for a million years in heaven? Will we travel with Jesus to distant worlds, studying the wonders of the universe? Are you interested in nature? Wait, the angels will explain to you the mysteries of chlorophyll. Heaven is a place for those who want challenges, whose minds are bright and who are inquisitive. I want to explore the history of the universe, don't you? Isaiah 65, 17 says, for behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. The prophet Isaiah continues describing the beauties of God's new creation. Isaiah 116 6-9 says, And the leopard shall lie down with the kid. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. We will participate in real activities. Heaven is not a state of mind or some make-believe world. The Bible says in Isaiah 65:21 through 23, They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build or another inhabit. And my elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth children for trouble. For they shall be the descendants of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. We will wander in magnificent gardens, studying nature together. Heaven is togetherness. It's a family. It's discovering new varieties of roses. It's tasting fruit you've never tasted before. It's visiting exotic places in the universe. The mind never loses its capacity to learn and grow. Everything will delight the eye and tempt the taste. Those that choose not to believe in God and His Word will have nothing to look forward to. Only the grave and death remain. But for those of us that believe in God's Word, have heaven and eternity to look forward to. Thank God, friends, one day God's plan for us will be fulfilled. The Bible says in Matthew 8:11, And I saw to you that many will come from east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. The Bible says we can sit down with Abraham. I'd like to ask about Ur of the Chaldees or whether it was as hot then as it is now or how he felt when he raised his knife to slay his son Isaac. Hebrews 11.8 says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Abraham had looked for a city whose builder and maker is God. Abraham followed God and didn't know where he was going. Many of you have taken that step. You have said, I believe God led me to these meetings. I have accepted Jesus as my Savior. I'm going to be baptized. I understand the basic doctrines that are taught by the SDA church. Like Abraham, I've stepped out by faith. Think of the experience of Moses. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, 25, By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of the Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction which the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Moses chose the kingdom of heaven. Hebrews 11, 27 says, Esteeming the reproach of Christ to greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. When Moses accepted God's reward, he made a major choice. Because of his choice, Moses is in heaven. He could have chosen to be a mummy or a long dead Egyptian pharaoh. You will be able to sit down with Moses and ask about crossing the Red Sea between the walls of water. You can ask Daniel if he slept with his head resting on the side of a big lion. You could ask Paul to tell you about the light that flashed on Damascus Road. And then to Peter. Peter, please tell me how it felt to start sinking in the waves when you tried to walk on the Sea of Galilee. As we talk to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Peter, James, John, and Daniel... They may ask us to tell them our story about what it was like when you went to the meetings of prophecy and to tell them what it was like when you went to your boss and asked for the Sabbath off. We may ask them to tell us about the power of God as he knelt and prayed. We will share together the greatness of God and our testimonies will be about Jesus. The Bible says in Isaiah 66:23, And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. Every month we will come to worship God and eat fruit from the tree of life. Can you imagine worshiping God in heaven's great temple? Revelation 22, 1-4 says, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and the Lamb. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruits every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. It is Sabbath as we travel to the temple. It is resplendent in the glory of God. We see the choirs of angels singing holy, holy, holy. The father stands up and tells us how he created the world and introduces his son, Jesus. Can you imagine? Jesus says, my father, the Holy Spirit, and I created a perfect world. Then rebellion interrupted our plans. So I came to earth and was ready to risk everything, even heaven itself, so each of you could be there. While Jesus is talking, I never imagined such love. After Sabbath service, we were leaving the temple. Jesus says, I want to spend time with you personally. But how can you do this? You won't have enough time. Then Jesus said, this is eternity, and I have all the time there is. Then your turn comes when Jesus comes to your home. You and Jesus walk together hand in hand by the beds of beautiful flowers. Jesus says, i made them for you. Jesus picks fruit off a special tree, and he says, I knew your taste. There is no other fruit like this in the world. I knew you would enjoy it because I made it for you. Jesus takes us on a tour through new earth as he takes me down the river of life. Jesus puts his arm around me, and he asks, is there anything more that I can do for you? He says, these tokens of my love are in my hands. I respond to Jesus saying, I notice there's still a faint scar there. I've never been in the presence of someone who loved me so much. All I can do is fall on my knees and say, Holy, 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 and sing. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive blessing and honor and power because in the presence of Jesus and of that love, His love has won my heart. I will serve and praise Him through all eternity. Friends of mine, we all must be there. I don't want any of you Not Mike, not Ben, not Chantel, not Myrna, not any of you, not to be ready when Jesus comes. What an eternity it would be if you were not there. Soon this old world will be gone and a new earth will have taken its place. Do not miss out on that world and do not miss out on forever. Do not miss out on being with those you love in a place with no more pain or death. No parting. No suffering. Tonight, be sure Jesus has all there is of you. Be sure your heart is totally his with nothing held back. Be sure you're ready to leave this world behind and spend eternity with him. You can be sure. Give Jesus your whole heart, your whole life right now. I want you to take a stand right now for those of you that want to spend eternity with Jesus in heaven. All of those of you that want to spend eternity with Jesus in heaven, will you please stand? We all bow our heads now. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sharing with us a little glimpse of the wonderful world you're preparing for us. Please give us patient endurance in this old, cold world as we wait for you to come and take us home with you. And tonight, please take our hearts as we freely give them to you. We trust you to finish the good work you begin in us. We thank you for the promise of our new home with you. And we thank you for your never-ending grace and for covering us with your robe of righteousness and for your forever-lasting love that never fails. In Jesus' holy, precious name I pray, amen.
1: And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Larry, speaking from your heart to us about a message of hope and help and encouragement. And indeed, sorry for the broken record, the best is yet to come. Amen. Usually when I step up here, I usually announce what's going to happen tomorrow night, right? Well, we're finished, but really we're not. I want to invite those of you that have been coming regularly, our community friends especially, Starting 7 o'clock on Wednesday night, May the 7th, we're going to have a review class. And we're going to be going through In His Steps, a wonderful manual. I can imagine some of you have been wondering, my, if I would have only written down that text, and that text, and that one. It's all right there, and you can have that little booklet. Those of you who are planning to take that class five nights, I would like to ask you to sign up. There's a sign-up sheet on your way out. Those of you that would like to take the class, we would welcome that, so that way I have an idea how many booklets to order. But I would like to take this opportunity, as we come to the end of this evening, to say thank you. Isn't that in order? Above all, we want to say thank you to the Lord God. He's been so good. This has been good for our church family. This has been good for our community. We believe that as Seventh-day Adventist Christians here in Sutherland, we have something Positive to share with our community and we're just thrilled that we've been able to share it with those that have come And we're thankful that we were able to do it right here in our new facility for the first time. We made history, didn't we? In something that we've done for the very first time, I guess part of the reason is because we have this beautiful facility And that is afterwards we have some refreshments. You know, personally, I value that time Because it's more than the fact that we're eating some of the best cookies in the land or a good fruit or whatever it may be, but there's some excellent fellowship taking place. I've gotten better acquainted with some community friends, better acquainted with one another. Let's do it again. We need to do that again. No one knows how much work has been done to get those things ready each night for the sound and the projection, but God came through. And we have a little saying here, it's not by might, it's not by power, it's not by PowerPoint, but it's by His Spirit, says the Lord. Would you stand with me as we have a word of prayer and close? Father in heaven, we love you. Acknowledge you as Savior and Lord of our lives again tonight. Many of us individually, quietly have rededicated our lives, choosing because we know that There's something wonderful yet ahead not to give up in life. To keep on keeping on. Trusting in you. Opening your word. Staying by. fellowshipping with brothers and sisters. Opening your word and learning more. Oh Lord, we've made a closer commitment to you and we thank you that your Holy Spirit has spoken to our hearts. And Lord, thank you for each person that had a part in these meetings. And so whatever success through these people, we give you the credit and you the glory, because without you, it's just busy work, and we're tired of that. So bless us as we are here tonight to continue to fellowship, and as we continue to serve you in future meetings, we give you glory and praise for what you have done and you will do, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless all of you.